Hey guys, make sure you pack your bags because the house of Mario is going on a road trip. What's up everybody? Welcome to the house of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star rating and the doors to episode 106 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me as always is the big BT himself. It's Bryce DeWitt. Yeah, it's me. Uh, Bryce, we're on the way to AFCON uh, this weekend. We are. Yeah. We are. Today, in fact. Yes, today. Yeah, yeah. Today. Today. We start. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is going to be our AFCON uh, special episode, I guess you want to call it. You know, it's a numbered episode, but it's special. You know, it's, it, it's special. It's special. It's special. So, for those of you who don't know what AFCON is, it's... Uh, uh, a, a video game and anime convention held here in Adelaide, South Australia. Um, uh, well, not here in Adelaide, South Australia. We're not there at the moment. We're not there at the moment, no. Yeah, we're just at home. We're about this to try... This is the start of a journey. It's the start of a journey. Yes. 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 Hmm. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere with that, but no. no. It, 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 okay, fine. It's the start of a mythical journey, and you'll be following us all the way from here to Adelaide and back, pretty much. <laughs> and back. We'll be doing stuff between going, getting there and coming back, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you get what I mean. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, last year, uh, Avcon uh, 2018 was our first convention. We went as the House of Mario, and, uh, you know, that was our first convention, and, you know, we were a bit nervous, a bit, didn't know what to expect, and uh, since then, we've done, you know, Avcon and uh, PAX Australia. So, yeah, see a bit more uh, confidence going into this one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean... Um, it's it's a lot smaller than packs in that regard, so I guess it's kind of just in my own head. I'm just like, yeah, I've done this, yeah, and I've done it twice, and I've done it at a bigger convention, so should be good. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Bryce, without further ado, let's uh, let's get going. Let's get going. What's up, everybody? And we are back on the road, going towards Adelaide. Uh, we've just stopped at Meningi for a quick toilet break because <laughs> uh, you know why not? It's a typical stop from uh, Millicent to Adelaide. Uh, so, I guess we're just going to use this 10 minutes to uh, get a bit of a talk in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how, first of all, Drew, how are you feeling, Mr. Driver Man? Uh, I'm feeling uh, pretty good, dude. Uh, had a had a toilet stop, so I'm feeling good. Um, it's, it's dark now, so, you know, would have preferred to be driving in the daytime, but um, if I wasn't that organised, so what are you going to do about it, I guess? Yeah. I mean, neither of us were really organised, were we? I don't think it's a case of, like, one of us was disorganised, one of us wasn't. I mean, I, mean, I, I had work in the morning and uh, couldn't get away in the morning and we had to get things organised and, yeah. You had to drop off the family. I kind of laughed because you had, like, you dropped off the family, uh, the wife, two kids, the dog, the whole works. Like, you're getting rid of it. <laughs> Nobody's allowed in my house. Not even when I'm away. Not my, not my wife, not my kids, not my dog. <laughs> Nobody. Well, it'd be bad if you just left the dog. <laughs> well, yeah, the poor dog. Um, so, during this little trip, you've, you've given me the task of coming up with what we should talk about. And I think it's a pretty simple manner of what we should talk a about real manner, quick. Okay. Okay. A simple manner, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that is we should talk briefly about our last trip, uh, first off, and then talk about uh what we're expecting from this trip so 
first first question, I guess, is this time last year when we're on the road. Uh, what uh, what were you feeling then? Oh well, I think it was very much the same thing. Like, I hate this drive. The drive to Adelaide really is boring. Going through the Coorong sucks. And I think this year it was even worse because it's it was on dusk, and that's an awful time to be driving the Coorong because of their kangaroos and wombats and uh, animals that um, dent your car if you hit them at high speeds. I mean, that's certainly right. The Coorong is beautiful to drive, but the wildlife is certainly, like, one of the larger problems going through, especially, like, uh, with people like us that live down, obviously, past Coorong. Coorong's the main way to get through there. Uh, You know, we have to go through it every time we go to Adelaide. Uh, You always see, like, a really big wombat or a really big kangaroo that's been hidden on the side of the road and, you know, it happens every time. Uh, I've only hit a kangaroo uh, once in my car, and that was a huge kangaroo. And I like pushed in my ball bar, pushed up the bonnet. Um, I couldn't even open like my driver's door because I like pushed all the paneling onto my door. So then I couldn't even like open it. Yeah, it was awful. But apart from that, I've been safe. Well, that's good. That's good, my friend. <laughs> uh, I suppose. I suppose with me this time, I think like apart from. Apart from just the drive itself, which we all know is, you know, pretty, pretty subpar, pretty average. Um, four-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, the four-hour drive. Um, I think, I think the thing that I've got in my head most is I'm a little more confident than I was last year. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. You know, not even just like, um, you know, with the, with the drive itself, because I do it all the time anyway. But like, just we've done a couple of conventions now, and this is our second second round at Avcon. Uh, and I just feel like overall we're probably more prepared for it in a sense, um, less nervous. I mean, we've still got a little bit of nerves put up about us, but yeah, we've got a big alert, bigger workload this year, um, which I mean I think we'll knock it out just fine. But I think uh, like overall, I think yeah, I, th- I think we're off off to a solid start, and it's going to be a pretty solid weekend. Yeah, I like. It. We sort of know what to expect. Like uh, we're going up there on the Thursday, and we know that the Friday is going to be all interviews. Well, not all interviews, but it's going to be a four-hour block of doing interviews, and that's going to be uh, you know for this show, for the House of Mario, and also for upcoming episodes of a Drew story. So it's going to be uh, fun doing that. It's like since it's four hours, it's like but nothing but talking. It is. It does actually take a fair bit out of you. Just like uh, like last year, we had. Um, we did have some breaks just because of like the schedule was like it fell apart a bit towards the end um, for the organisers and that. So we we got we had a bit of sitting around just for um, other interviews to finish so um, the other guests could come and join us. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it this year. And the actual convention itself is always a lot of fun. You know, game demo set up around the place, and we've got friends uh, showing off indie games who I'm sure will come on the show later. Uh, in the weekend, and yeah, looking forward to seeing the indie games there. Always uh, love seeing the like the local scene there. It's really good. Um, even even though like a lot of those games are like PC only, just for the nature of like they are really indie. Um, but yeah, what about you? Are you look forward to seeing the the indie games there this year again? Yeah, the uh, the little indie section is uh, some is something we called pretty much a home base last year. Um, we had a friend working there and we could just leave our gear there that we didn't need to take around with us or whatever and that was Riley like Huppets. fantastic. Yeah, big, good old Riley Huppets. Yep, Space Beards, shout out. Space Beards, shout out, there you go, yep. And he'll be there again this year, so 
we've got yeah. our little home base again. Yeah, we'll have him. Yeah, he might be on next. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Um, so. Yeah, I think, like, it would be good to have, like, the familiar, uh, familiarity again this year in having, like, you know, a place we can sort of retreat to and all that. Um, I'm excited. The thing that the thing that I love about Avcon is um, the vibe itself. Like, in comparison to PAX, which is, like, busy, 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 go, go, go all the time. Like, they have literal walking aisles for people to walk. Um, so people aren't just clashing into each other consistently all the time and you know because on on the saturday that was a huge thing was uh people really sort of um getting stuck in their throws um but uh you know avcon's a lot more of a lenient vibe there's there seems to be a a bit more walking space at least i think so um and then you know you've you've got a lot of things going on that's more community centric like you've got the you've got more tournaments and you know, you've got uh, like Mario Maker showcases and stuff like that that was there last year, and you know, just just cool little things like that as well. And then you know, you've got your anime viewings over the weekend as well, as well as uh, cosplay competitions, all that stuff. Just it's it's more of a community centric vibe around those people that yeah. are into video games and anime. Well, Avcon was like it was born through like friends meeting up um, at university. I think it was a University of Adelaide, people were meeting up and sort of uh, getting together playing games, and that sort of evolved into an event. And now it's evolved into like a, a oh shit, big truck to put its high beams down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it evolved into this uh, huge, huge convention, um, which is what it is now. But like, and it's still got that feel though. It feels like it feels like a, a big event at a high school. That's what it feels like to me. And because I remember once at high school on the weekend we went there and we were just like played Super Smash Bros. Brawl and we all organised a tournament and it was heaps of fun and sort of Avcon has that feeling about it you know for better and for worse like sometimes like the organisation just like falls falls out and it's like it's just not there like was it with you one year how we were doing Super Smash Bros. and the tournament just went forever and took up the whole day um, yeah, yeah yeah so like some stuff like that's like a bit frustrating but the, the over the overall vibe of the uh, the convention is lots of fun like and like the Saturday night I'm looking forward to that just being able to like sit there chill meet people because often they're just going to a Jesus what's with people in high beams god oh god knows <laughs> not turning them down their high beams let's just leave mine on too um, but yeah I've lost my train of thought now yeah. <laughs> um, last year no jeez that was there sorry to anybody that had to hear that um, last year Saturday night for us was we used that night to catch up with friends and um know sort of go out and have dinner with them have a couple beers and i mean that was good for us as well but That's right. yeah, yeah. yeah whether, whether we'll do the same this year or whether we'll uh stick around the convention a bit because historically um after i think it's about 6 p.m most of the show floors shut up and then they just have like a whole like collection row of tvs with just all sorts of video games set up on them uh they typically have like a disco type night um, I love, I, yeah, I love that night. It's such a good night. Yeah, uh, and people can just sort of party and whatever. I believe it's an eighteen plus exclusive night. Whoa! Um, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Sneaking um, the furfies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, there's a lot of high energy there, and I still remember like my first Avcon. Jeez, over half a decade ago now. Uh, <laughs> that's how long it's been. Um, Quit high school? No, we were just past high school 
Okay. Yeah. Um, the the first the first night we were there we were there and we were checking it out and so many people just really getting into it like it was um, you know people really treated it as like a celebration type of thing so I'm hoping that like it retains sort of the similar energy this year but um, enough of past experiences let's let's briefly get into what we uh, what we think is going to happen this year what we want to happen what we want to feel. Uh, you know the the type of things we're going to check out, what we, who we're going to talk to, what we're going to do. What do you think, Drew? Well, I sort of ex- I don't expect too much different. Like we're going to go probably the first place we're going to go and check out after like the, obviously um, the interviews and that on Friday when the actual conventions open on the weekend. I think we're going to go and check out the indie games. Probably that's, that seems to be like a a good first thing to do. Sort of uh, play through them, sort of get get in touch with them, and uh, yeah, sort of talk to some people there. And then I'll probably we'll do what we did last year. We sort of just go around and say, oh, who's interesting to talk to? Who should we talk to? Uh, we saw the Nintendo booth there. We got to talk to Jordan uh, at Nintendo. We talked to the, uh, Will from Retrospect. And I assume just we'll just do the same again. Just, oh, that'll be a cool thing to do. That'll be a cool thing for you guys to listen to. And let's go from there. What, what, do you, what about you? Do you have any expectations? or? I don't think I really have any expectations. I feel like uh, Avcon over the years hasn't really been too much about evolving but sort of sticking to, to, to goddamn traditions uh, so I mean we'll see our, we'll see our typical like multi-TV setup of like Smash Bros where there'd be like you know 12 the first year of Smash Ultimate the first Smash Ultimate tournament that's exactly right um, so I mean it'd be cool to watch in on that I think uh, it's one of the one Are of the big join? should we join the tournament this year uh, look, I don't know. It really depends on how much work we've we've got going for us. We'll have to see on the Saturday, I think. Yeah, we need to look at the schedule and because I would love to do a tournament again. Because like, even though I get my ass handed it handed to me because I'm really not that good at ultimate, especially compared to um, probably previous Smash Bros games. I really feel like ultimate's added some stuff in which I just haven't um, grasped yet. But it'll be fun to do it again. Yeah, I um, when we were in our last one which again was like half a decade ago was uh, Brawl that was a great memory that was a great memory yeah. except for the fact that I got hit by that stupid dumb chic glitch thing that lost me a stock that was the worst thing ever because uh, well I'm not going to go into it too much but basically Drew was left on his own due to a due to a technical problem with Brawl that I discovered when I was maining chic and um, he ended up fighting off two and almost winning it <laughs> He did a really, really, really stellar job. I was fighting for my life. He, he was fighting really hard. He was, was fighting really hard. Bombs and arrows. Who was the Who was the other character? Oh God. Um, I remember Toon Link because it was just projectile, projectile, projectile. I feel like it was Snake. Probably. Everyone yeah. loved Snake in that game. Everybody did love Snake in that game. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't take it out, and that sucks. But shit happens. Uh, <laughs> you know. You know, that's just how it is. Um, turn down your high beams. These people won't oh, turn down the high beams. It's about God. time. Um, I guess, I guess for me this year, it's it's those traditions that it sticks to. You know, um, I do want to go to like maybe a couple panels and sort of just chill out and whatever. I feel like uh, historically Avcon for us anyway has mostly been about the like the friends and stuff that we catch up with uh, going to Adelaide and spending a couple days there and uh, sort of then just poking around the convention as like as like the piece that glues it all together yeah like I feel like that's what the convention is for us at least um, 
I mean, there's still a lot of cool stuff there. The next time um, we probably record will probably be um, around our opening ceremony, I think, wouldn't it? Unless you're planning to record some more before we, you know. Oh, well, we're doing the interviews before the opening ceremony. That's right, we are too. So we, <laughs> um, that that's true, but yeah. We'll record just before then, I guess. So we'll have so we'll have some interviews in here, and that'll be the thing, and then we'll go. We'll probably be at the opening ceremony this year. Uh, the opening ceremony, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, happens on the Friday night. Uh, they typically have like a thing that's thrown together by the Avcon staff. Uh, and then last year, I know they showed uh, Ready Player One as a feature movie afterwards, um, or typically they just watch some anime afterwards. So we'll see what happens again with that this year. Not, not entirely sure, um, but yeah, I just hope. I, I guess what I expect this year, what I want this year, everything like that, is it just to stick to what it usually usually is for me, and that is that traditional glue that holds my trip together, um, so I can catch up with people and see some see some good games and some uh, good anime come out of it and you know just relatively keep it pretty easy I think Amen Amen Alright so I think I think that's probably long enough for like the car rattling noise uh, is there anything you want to say before we move on? Nah 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 Nothing uh, You sure you don't want to say a message to turn down your high beam people? Uh, yeah if you're listening uh, in an opposing car turn down your freaking high beams Especially that truck. What the fuck, dude? Alright, and uh, kangaroos, stay away from the car. Alright, guys. uh, Talk again soon. What's up, everybody? It's me again, and we are actually here at Avcon. Uh, The obvious convention hasn't started yet, but we're actually here doing interviews at the moment. Um, Technically, we've done a couple (laughs) at this point, but... um, yeah, we thought we'd just jump in here and leave something in here. And mm, three hours of talking. Yeah, yeah. And listening. Well, you know, um, a lot of a lot of the interviews were sort of being collected up, and mm. some will be in the house tomorrow, but some of them will be in a new show. Whether you want to mention it, mention it here or not. Yeah, I mentioned it a bit at the start too. A Drew story. That's right, you my did new too. podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they will also be in that podcast, which is fantastic. But being being as mm. it is. Drew's little side project. He's been talking most of the time. So, Drew, how are you feeling? Uh, voice is a bit... Uh, like <laughs> You're running out. I've just done five interviews in three hours. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, well, at least it's done, huh? Yeah. And, I mean, we've learned some pretty nice things from the couple of people that we've talked to so far. Obviously, we've still got a couple to go. But, um, yeah, overall, we're having a pretty good time here. Yeah, well, uh, well maybe I am. You're, you're having a bit hard time at home. You're a... Uh, oh, God. Yeah, something went on. Something went wrong at home, and I've been like sort of in and out of the building for the last three hours because uh, something was wrong with my circuit breakers at home, and they busted. Mm, yeah, and it's turned off all my electricity. Uh, they fixed it now, but oh god, yeah, like right in the middle of doing all this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So at at this at this stage, there's two more interviews left. Um, and then it's a partial wait until the opening ceremony. Mm. So, um, what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to the opening ceremony? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting something to eat. I haven't eaten today. I'm just drinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty exhausting, to be honest. Well, yeah, because yeah. we didn't get the time to go to the shop last night and collect up some stuff that we can have in the morning or nothing, so yeah, we're kind of yeah. just here now, and yeah, so... Mm. After this, go and grab a grab a bite to eat. I think we'll be pretty happy with that. Mm. All right. Uh, 
the voice actor's coming. We've got to stop. We've got to go. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm 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 Dan here with the uh, with Bryce Dewitt. Fuck off. Yeah, this is recording, Bryce. I tell you. Now, Dan, Dan, we're in your house, mate. How's it? How's it going? This is Chris Hansen with now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was better before you introduced that stupid song. Yeah. Well, you know. Did you expect uh, when you get two podcasters saying yeah. your house? Did you expect uh, like uh, just full on podcasting uh, all the time? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Kent, I did. Mm. All right. So we've just we've done an episode of Cracking Furfies, which was a really cracked my furfs. If I have to be real honest with you, um, Bryce, how, how was the first episode of Cracking Furfies? Uh, you ho- host of the show, great, great uh, first effort. I, I quite enjoyed it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> no worries, mate. Yeah. Now go back to Dan. Now, Dan, we're in your kitchen. Uh, Bros cooking a pizza. Great smells coming from your kitchen. Smells a lot like pizza, funnily enough. Uh, how's that fan forced oven? Does it really do you justice? Um, <laughs> it definitely cooks my bread. It cooks your bread. Now, Dan, I'm no baker, but do you use fan forced ovens for cooking bread, Bros? I don't think you do, but I do want to look at the immaculacy of this oven. Just look at it. Come, come down here. Oh. All right, look. See how see how beautiful it looks right now. You can see right through the screen door, and you can see that cheese melting. Right, that's the sign of a good pizza is when the cheese melts. Yeah, I don't. This is an audio show, so there's no way of actually uh, getting like the view of the oven. But just it's, imagine the cheese is melting. But we'll put it up to the fan force oven. See if you can really get a good sound for it. Ah yes. Ah. Probably get more from the fridge. Oh, there you get. So as you can hear, listeners, that's the airflow coming onto the uh, the uh, pop filter there. And that's that, that. Now this is great content, Bryce. Now what are you looking for in that freezer, Dan? Something to eat. Now, now what do you have in mind to eat? Uh, something edible. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's some cardboard left from Bryce's pizza. I'm sure that'll digest eventually. Some cocoa puffs. Yeah, we got some cocoa puffs. I'm sure we won't eat them all. You're more than welcome to a, a puff of cocoa. Well, as long as it's a puff. Now talking about the popo- cocoa puffs, Bryce. Did you put our uh, milk no, in the fridge? Puffs. No, I put the milk in the cellar. Oh, Dan, do you have a cellar? Please confirm. Confirmed. It's my dungeon. Mm. Now, what is in that dungeon? It's a secret. What's the secret? Tell us. I'm sure the listeners would love to know. Um, bondage equipment. <laughs> bondage equipment. <laughs> now, why do you have it in the cellar? That seems like that just seems like a nice living room experience. <laughs> No, Bryce, I, I missed that. I don't think I heard it through the headphones. What'd you say? I said, Chris, Chris Hansen, NBC Dateline. Have a seat. Oh. You know who Chris Hansen is? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's great. Well, this is uh, this has been been it from Dan's uh, Kitchen. I'm Drew Agnew, signing off. What do you want to sign off to, Bryce? Uh... Hold the phone. Is this a Starbucks disposable <laughs> cup, but it's actually... Not disposable. Dan, please uh, please let us know what this is all about. Uh, well, it is not Starbucks branded and it is not disposable. In fact, you reuse it. The, yeah, con- the concept is... <laughs> <laughs> I believe the concept seems to be that you keep the cup for next time. Right. Well, it says uh, caution hot. Uh, I'm holding it right now and it's definitely not hot. Uh, w- w- what does it mean? What, like, Yeah. It means you have a lawsuit on your hands for false advertising. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Anyway, we're, we're, we're cutting this off. All right, we'll see you uh, on the next segment of uh, this thing. What about his maple syrup collection? 
He's missing two. Nah, I'm not going. Oh, into, murder mystery. I'm not going. To, that's that's another podcast in itself, bro. So it's not going to that place. Murder mystery of maple syrup. No. This is how you get into the true crime genre. Yeah. <sighs> Alright guys, we are at Avcon and we have just gotten out of the Indie Games Room. Bryce, uh, what do you think of the Indie Games Room this year? Uh, we've had a, like, a bit of a look around there, played a few games that uh, that were fun, some that were like, mm, not as much fun, but still good, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> overall, overall it was pretty solid, I think. I don't think there was anything there that was like wouldn't appeal to no one this year. Like, I think, yeah, I think yeah. there was like a fair bit of... Um, like fantastic stuff there, you know. We had some some stuff that we've seen before, obviously, and like you know, brief battles and space beards and you know, how like a they've always got that cricket VR setup. Like always, I don't know why. Like every single time, there's that cricket VR setup. It must be popular, I guess. So. I guess so. But yeah, yeah um, I mean that aside, like you know, uh, there was sort of just like there was a lot of platformers and multiplayer games, which everybody can sort of get around. Um, and yeah, overall, I think think it's pretty good so far. Yeah, I guess they're the games I sort of enjoy the most. Just like sitting down on the couch and like you can just jump into them, especially in the in the in the indie games room where you can just like pick them up and play them straight away. There's a few like point and click uh, games there, which are fun, but you know they take half an hour to get through the demo. And uh, I guess the show floor like is just a not a great place to play them. Like yeah. maybe if you like download a demo and try it at home, that'd be like a better place for it. But at the same time, how do you get people to do it if uh, they don't know about it? So, yeah, exactly. so obviously, you you like you want to bring your game here, but yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that they can't bring their game here or no, that no. nobody won't enjoy it. It's just yeah, like um, I think a lot, a lot of the experience is jumping in with people that you don't know, playing those four-player party games and having some fun. And uh, games like Brief Battles is like a really stellar example of that. Um, and. Well, we, we, yeah. we played. We actually played a game which was running on Switch, and we asked the guys, "Oh, would you like? Uh, would you like to talk on our Nintendo podcast? Because you're the guys here who have a game running on Nintendo hardware." And they said, "Oh, uh, no, we haven't actually announced the game yet. They're saving their big announcement and the trailer and everything for PAX." Yeah. So we're like, "No, no worries." But it was, um, it was re- yeah, it was really good. So you know, come PAX Australia time, um, <laughs> we'll be, yeah, we'll be talking about it then, and yeah. But we can't. Well, we can say something. Like they've got to add a con. It's not like you just can't say anything. It's not under embargo or anything. But you know, well, they don't want to announce it yet. They just got it here, so we'll respect that. But yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you're here, you've probably seen it. That's what matters, right? Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was like a, it was just a wonderful like take off the Joy Cons and play. There's heaps of different like game modes and yeah, yeah. yeah. Right up our alley, Super Smash Bros. fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we did interviews with. Uh, uh, Riley Hubbard's one of our good friends uh, talked about Space Beards again it's been a year since we last talked to him at Avcon and a bit of a follow up interview uh, we played a game called Tiki Trials as well and we talked to the devs there that's that's a fun game which a lot of speedrunners are getting amongst here and we also uh, talked to Andrew from Juicy Cupcake who uh, is behind uh, Brief Battles yep. and uh, that game's out on Xbox One PC and Playstation and we sort of did a follow up interview to sort of see what it was like uh, uh, yeah, releasing the game, and the game is in development for Switch at the moment, which should be sometime this year. Yep. But uh, you'll hear about it in the interviews. Enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you after that's done. <laughs> we'll do. No, I'll, I'll leave it in there. Great content. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm here with Riley and Morgan from Space Beards. How are we going, guys? Yeah, good, thanks. Doing well, thank you. 
Now we interviewed you guys last year, and the game was uh, was it was a uh, good fun. But uh, you've had a I guess another year and another uh, month or so on development. How's it How's it been coming along? Uh, yeah, really great. We uh, we've spent about a month, a month and a half fixing some things, adding some new content, and we're really happy with the new level and just the general uh, fixes we've made to how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with that. I think that. We've added some new content that really emphasizes teamwork, which is uh, part of the part of the core experience and the, just the chaotic nature. And I think that, that, that our new additions have made it really fun. Yeah, you, yeah, well, with the new additions, you've added in like uh, some new gameplay elements to sort of mix into it all. Uh, sort of explain some of those. Uh, yeah, so we have a few different ideas. Now you can have fire and cracks spawn on the ship at random locations, so you have to go out of your way to find them. Uh, we also have a life support system and you have to defend yourself from a Kraken attacking your ship now. Yep. So it's uh, trying to add a lot more options that the player has to do so they're constantly running around, basically. Just give them something to do so they don't feel safe. <laughs> yeah, basically. We, yeah. we uh, try to avoid the having downtime. We don't want the player to sit there and be like, what do I do next? Just waiting. The, ho- the hope is they're constantly moving. I know when I'm playing it, I'm just like, uh, Riley, what does this thing do? Uh, Riley, where do I take this? Uh, I'm going to die. I feel I don't feel safe at all. Yeah, and that's what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it takes some practice to get used to where things are. And, uh, yeah, we, we want you to feel a little bit on edge the entire time. Like, how's it going? Like, is, this isn't your, like, full-time gig, is it? This is in your spare time? Yeah, so... Um yeah, well, Riley and I both have both have um, jobs, so this is really just kind of something that we do in our spare time, keep our skills polished, and, I mean, we love doing it. We love yeah. coming out here and um, showing it to people and having a good time. Is it, is the end goal sort of to have it as, a, uh, as like, a paid product on Steam or something like that, or...? Not currently. Uh, as much as we'd love to make it into a paid product, the time that would take would be very long. Uh, currently, our goal is to just keep polishing it and adding updates to the free version that's on itch. Um, and, yeah, maybe eventually see if we can get funding for it, but most likely it's just a, a, yeah, a fun hobby project more than anything. Yep. Do you, do you see yourself sort of uh, keeping up development over the next year and showing at Avcon again, or is there going to be like sort of like a, a cap you're going to put onto it? Uh, I mean, I would like to kind of keep bringing it to Avcon. The time it would take to develop a new game is obviously quite long, and Space Beards is quite good for the Avcon experience. Lots of new people coming in, trying it constantly. So, yeah, unless we happen to come up with another game that we'd prefer to bring, uh, the idea of just doing little updates and bringing it through is quite fun. And it's... It's the kind of game that you can expand on quite readily. There's, like, just between us having a beer one night, we came up with many, many ideas of different things that we could add to it and expand on the experience. So it's one of those things that we could keep bringing new experiences uh, to the game, yeah, if we wanted to. I can imagine you're sitting there and having a beer and you're like, we've got to add a Kraken, surely. That wasn't there last year at all, was no, it? No, no, yeah. That was that was one of the things we never got to do last year that was very high on the list that it had to come back this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, thematically stupid as our game is, and yeah. 
That's awesome. So if anyone wants to sort of see more, uh, you've got the website and that still? Yeah, up so angrycactusgames.com or angrycactusgames on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we'll be posting the newest version later today. So anyone who wants to download it, it's free. You just need some controllers and a computer. Yeah. So it, most people have a Windows computer. Yeah. Not even Windows can be anything, can it? Uh, I, I believe stage. it has to be Windows. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll take we, that back. We, take that we back. can consider <laughs> building it for Mac. It probably would work. I'd have to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Might uh, give you something more to do, yeah. which you probably don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have lots of free time. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your Avcon. Thank, thank you. We're talking to James at Last Minute Entertainment, the guys behind Tiki Trials. How are you going, dude? Yeah, not bad, man. Not bad. So tell us a little bit about your game and what you aspire it to be. Yeah, all right. So Tiki Trials is a game where you undertake like a fast-paced gauntlet of platforming challenges to appease the Tiki gods. Um, it's a game for speedrunners and collectors alike. So our ultimate goal with it, obviously, is to get it into the hands of speedrunners and get it circulating amongst that community and have like a really competitive leaderboard and, and speedrun.com uh, page and, and, and presence. Very nice. Drew and I just had a really good, really good long stretch of go at it. And I think we got to the point where we're starting to get our asses kicked a bit and need to think a bit more and stop yeah, and yeah. think. Um, obviously, uh, as you run through the game, the floor is rising up. You're going to make sure you beat that floor. Uh, just give me a tip. How long does it take until it hits? Oh, well, uh, a bit of a cheeky tip. It's uh, about nine and a half seconds. Nine and a half seconds. All right, so you've got to be really quick to get through it all and collect as much as you can for the better score at the end. Ab nice. Absolutely, yeah. So the game is currently out on Steam. Uh, what are your intentions for other platforms? Yeah, so we would love to release for Switch. Um, the, Sweet. The goal, is, <laughs> yeah, the goal is to get a Switch development kit, which um, hopefully with some of the income generated from sales, we can look into and apply for. And yeah, we think it'll do really well on the Switch and we could implement uh, some, some multiplayer with a Joy-Con and, and yeah, we, we got plans. Yeah. Just like perfect uh, system for it, just like put down and like try and beat each other and all that type of thing, yeah. Bryce and I have a bit of a... I, I, he'll probably kick my ass at the moment. He, uh, he has a bit more natural ability by the looks of it, don't you, Bryce? I mean it, mate. I mean it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> so uh, currently the game is actually on sale on the Steam Summer Sale. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. The game is uh, $8.99, a 40% off, so it's usually about 15 um, But right now until 9th of July, you can, get the, uh, you can get the game and the Arctic Trials expansion and the level editor for just 9 bucks. So it's a pretty good deal right now. Yeah, that's really awesome. So um, check it out on the Steam Summer Sale if you can. If not, 15 bucks as usual. Yep. That's correct. Level Editor, current expansion out along with it. Perfect. Thank you very much. And we hope to see it come to Switch. Oh, yeah, so thank you, and so do I. I'm here with Andrew, one of the members of uh, the de development team behind Brief Battles. How are you going? Hey, man. Good, thank you. Uh, we talked to you last year a bit about uh, Brief Battles and all that, and since then it's come out. It's come out, come out on Xbox One and Steam, and... I was just go. Yes, I was just uh, wondering um, how it's gone since launch. How it's uh, it's all been? Yeah, no, it's been pretty fantastic. Um, it's pretty crazy for us. This is our first uh, actual game, uh, like legit thing, releasing it on our uh, yeah Xbox, Steam, and PlayStation. Has been pretty like sensational. Um, the reception has been fantastic. We really weren't sure what to expect. I think like in a world of online games, um, there's still some love for yeah this couch gaming experience and uh, especially hearing things from families on the other side of the world. Right, we had like a uh, email from a family from South Africa where the mum's just like this is like the best game we've ever played. I love playing it with my kids. Like just stuff like that just warms your heart, makes it all worth it. 
Um, yes, we've really, really been fantastic. Good response so far. Um, and we're pretty excited to be bringing it to Switch soon in a few months as well. So, ah, awesome, yeah, that's. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how is it sort of uh, going from, say, Xbox One and uh, PlayStation and PC to uh, going on uh, Switch? Is there many big hurdles to sort of go through? or? Um, so we're in that process right now still for yeah. Switch, so we're not too sure how that... Uh, we're not sure if we've got to encounter anything weird in the coming weeks. Um, but so far it's like it's actually a pretty flexible system and you can do a lot of stuff any sort of way you like. Uh, performance, I guess, for handheld mode and stuff is a bit of a challenge, yeah. but we've pretty much made like brief battles pretty good but like, Xbox was challenging as well so we've really cut everything back to be as fast as possible so um, we've got rid of like yeah most of the, the challenging hurdles for each one although we probably spent like a year or so alone just trying to get it right for consoles so um, but I think yeah because all that works in place now we've got rid of the bugs all the bugs that we know about um, so yeah it's a, it's a smoother smoother process moving forward um, and we're looking forward to switch and then uh, getting into updates as well, so starting releasing more solo content, co-op content, more arenas, things like that. So that content, is that, um, I guess, free updates or a mixture of both, paid and free? Or? Uh, it's going to be totally free, so yeah, we just want to give people more stuff and let them enjoy it. So the main plan is to do it in kind of substantial updates, so we might you might see some uh, new underpants, new arenas, new co-op content all at once. Um, and just roll it up into some big content updates that are worth sitting down with your friends and spending some time for a few hours, yeah. yeah. It'll be cool, like, say, uh, next year when the game's out and Switch and all that, and you're back at Avcon, you, you might see people sort of around tables and that, just around with the Joy-Cons playing it and all that. It'd be, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to see if that happens, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be it. Um, I think we're really interested to see, like, yeah, if we can get some love with some Switch and maybe get in a showcase with them one day as well. That'll be pretty fun. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty exciting to... To think of that future with yeah brief battles in every console and then I guess next gen's coming soon I'm sure it'll hopefully be on, the, be on them as well because it's yeah. only just come out really so yeah. yeah so the next Xbox and PlayStation you're going to have a nice HD uh, texture pack so all the characters look realistic <laughs> and all of that yeah <laughs> yeah man I think like the bonus for us is like oh if they can do 8K sure we'll just let it do it who knows <laughs> yeah. just like yeah I don't know what it looks like it might bleed make your eyes bleed but it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah I think um, it shouldn't be that should just be nice for us speed wise I guess loading um, I think like that's the one thing on consoles that's always harder is loading times, but we we got it pretty good in the end, so we're yeah happy with that. Yeah, I'm just I've, just talking about power. I'm, I'm just uh, with the uh, with the uh, guess the rumor of a uh, a more powerful switch coming out maybe next year or something. As a developer, is, is that something that intrigues you now that you're sort of in the midst of working with the switch uh, at the moment or? Yeah, like I'd be totally intrigued to see where that where that comes, but I imagine that uh, with most platforms right now. They want you to be compatible with the initial model anyway, so at, at best we might just let it go as it is and maybe um, Unreal is pretty expandable what we're making brief battles in. We can kind of, if you have to, you can kind of have the resolution of what you're seeing um, a little bit lower without actually changing anything. Like it could be like 6% lower or 6% higher on something else and be an unnoticeable amount, which I'm pretty much everyone would do these days. Um, whereas so if you get a higher powered thing, we could push it up there. Um, crisp things up that can be in the case of like on the PC version when you're playing on Ultra it's like above HD anyway so we're just rendering out higher high quality so it's super super crisp not that it matters as much when you're sitting in front of your PC monitor but yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I guess yeah I guess it is just the thing of just sort of like frame rates and uh, like the resolution and I think that's that's what you notice a lot with Switch games just that when the, that's the first thing that gets turned down when something's get like tried to get running on it but yeah yeah it's a bit yeah. of a bit of a tough one I suppose like so we want this game to always be at 60 frames per second 
um, which I guess, yeah, on Switch I've seen for like the games that aren't first party, it's a little less common, but yeah, we're, we're going to make it happen, I think. So. And I guess uh, while you're here as well, tell us a bit about uh, Drone Delivery Co. I haven't uh, had a chance to play it yet, but it looks uh, intriguing. Yeah, cheers. Um, well, it's actually pretty new. There's not much to tell just yet. So we kind of made this game in about seven days in the last month. Um, so there's like a 15 minute demo you can play right now. Um, but the concept is uh, your drones making drones, like unconventional drones, uh, to take on delivery companies from human postal services. So you're kind of trying to like, your drones that want to take things back. Um, so really ridiculous physics sandbox is the plan. So we've got some really wacky ideas. So you probably see like tens to hundreds of weird drone prototypes and they're all going to be kind of wacky and different to control um, and deliver some pretty ridiculous packages too. Like you might be cooking and delivering I don't know, you might have like a hot chicken that's like strapped to a rope on a jet fuel drone and you might try to not burn it by get it to the end. <laughs> Generally, everything has to make it to the end with 5% integrity to be a success. Um, and that's a passable delivery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's about having a bit of fun, making something simple for us. Um, so we're in the midst of Switch development for brief battles, but we thought like, Avalon's coming up. Can we make a game in a month and uh, just mix it up? And it was kind of for our sanity as well to do something new. So yeah, um, reception's been great so far. So I think it, it might become something re real. Yeah, so like when you're making it, it was just sort of for fun, but like it, it, it probably will become a, a sellable product. Yeah. That's the idea. I think it was kind of like, um, we'll wait and see how people react to it at Avalon. If it's, if it's feeling good and people laugh and they enjoy it, we'll make it. Because it's something we can make fast. We have the experience now for console dev, the access, so we can kind of get in there and punch this out as fast as possible, get its people and yeah, be something they can enjoy. That's good, yeah, like sort of hanging around here all day, I can see that people are going past and sort of enjoying themselves and there's, there's always someone there except for now because they just left, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll uh, enjoy the rest of your AFCON. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Cheers. And we are back and we're almost at the end of the AFCON day one. Almost. Uh, but there was one last thing that we needed to do before we left today and we'd organised it earlier on in the day but it couldn't happen then so we left it until later this afternoon. Uh, we'll be talking to Jordan again. Jordan from Nintendo Australia who you've heard on the podcast before. Um, talking about what Avcon means to Nintendo and some of the future releases that are coming up. How we're excited about them and yeah, really looking forward to it. Let's go! <laughs> All right, we're at the Nintendo Australia booth at AFCON with Jordan. How are we going, my friend? Good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Yeah, it's a uh, second year, second time talking to you here yeah. at AFCON. And I guess we're just looking around and the booth looks a bit more open, a bit bigger this year. Uh, yeah. sort of, uh, it sort uh, of gives a nice sort of a friendly vibe to sort of come in and play games. Is that sort of your, like, Nintendo Australia sort of goal with uh, having the booth here to sort of, you know, get families and stuff like that in or...? Yeah, well, we just wanted to be. We wanted different titles to be visible from either side of the stand. Right, yeah. So we want it to be. People can walk through it, but they're gonna. Even if they just walk through, they're gonna see a bunch of Nintendo Switch games and be like, "Oh, I haven't played Mario Kart in a little while," and jump <laughs> on that. Or, "Oh, cool! I didn't know Mario Maker Two had just come out." Um, we've got Smash, we've got Zelda, we've got Super Mario Odyssey games from lots of different sort of genres and groups. So hoping to just sort of, I guess, attract everyone. Yeah. 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 Look. We came here full of like the My Nintendo rewards. Yeah. Then we see Smash Bros. And we got Smash Bros. Like Bryce has his Switch with him. We can yeah. play Smash Bros. But we, <laughs> we're, we're still keen to go and play Smash Bros. And yeah, it's 
good to know how good you are against other people. Yeah. And like, you're <laughs> only playing with just your mates. You're just like, oh, yeah, let's see if I am actually the best yeah. at Smash Bros. And then you get stomped, humbled, and you go back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> we actually lost to a kid just before. Yeah. What was he? Was he up to your knee, Bryce? Or? Yeah, he was up to my knee. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we lost against him because we kept going at each other. Yeah, oh, and yeah, sure. and it got yeah. to the point where I'd laid the last hit on you, but he was right behind me, and I'm like, oh shit, he's right behind me, and he was already charging something. Yeah, yeah. And I was all like, right. Oh god, yeah. damn it. This was fun. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. yeah. So for like Nintendo Australia is like post E3, it's July now, uh, sort of with a big like release uh, schedule of games coming to Nintendo Switch throughout the year. Uh, is it going to be like a huge year for you guys here in Australia or is it just sort of business as always? Or Well, we just keep pumping them out so it kind of is a bit of both. Like it's yeah. a bit of business as always because we just, we like to have some good sort of front runner games at sort of the second half to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, this year we've got a Zelda game, we've got Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening uh, which yeah. is a full remake. Um, looks so cute. I'm so keen to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Luigi's Mansion 3 as well, which is a sort of more a approachable take on survival horror sort of genre of games, but with yeah. like a really good sense of humor. Um, and then we've got Pokemon as well, Pokemon Sword and Shield. So we had Let's Go last year, but this is the more core Pokemon game. So yeah. I think a lot of people who are a bit on the fence about whether to get a Switch because they were waiting for Pokemon, this is the one they're going to pick it up for. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know... I know if I was uh, still on the fence about a Switch, I know like all the games coming out this year would just have pushed me over. Yeah. Um, Fire Emblem's coming up soon. Yeah, uh, is, it, uh, is it three weeks away or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's the 26th. Yeah. Oh, it's the 26th. So, Astral yeah. Chain in August. Astral Chain is so good. It's, oh, it's just the perfect blend. It's like anime cops. I'm like, cool, yep, done. Cyberpunk. All right, cool, yep, done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You had me at, at, at cop. <laughs> yeah. I was on board with anime cop <laughs> big cop yeah. fan yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like I don't know it's just interesting like like you get it like the Japanese development team like Platinum Games their art style is really distinctive and they've got like a really famous manga artist to do those legion designs of the of your little um, tethered like yeah. astral chain guy that you have with you and just like it's just got a lot of like it's the Bayonetta guys like they, yeah. they just pump them out and they always nail it style wise so I'm just keen I do. Yeah, like you, you love like your bayonetta and all that. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I still, I still want Vanquish to have a comeback. Oh, me too. I'd love yeah. to have that. Vanquish yeah. is a great game. Yeah, I love Vanquish. They left it so open as well. They it's did. Just like, dude, just make, just come on, guys, come yeah. on, make another one. Just, just give it to us. One. Put it on Switch. Yeah, put it. Yeah, on yeah, Switch, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do the same thing you did with Bayonetta one and two. There exactly. You go. Yeah. Maybe in the future, that. Nintendo will be like, yeah, have some money in uh, his Vanquish too. That Maybe. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're helping a lot with like we did with Bayonetta two, and like we work really closely with Platinum now on Bayonetta three. Um, and they made they did Nier as well and that was excellent um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just I don't know I'm chuffed <laughs> for those guys they make good yeah. stuff and we've got Thank Damon you. X Machina as well which there hasn't been an armoured core game that I've seen in the west for a little while so it's like people who love mecha games yeah. um, right up their alley just right up, and it's heavy metal mechas I'm just like alright cool so how do you feel <laughs> how do you feel about that game because uh, at the start of the year at uh, one of the Nintendo Directs they released a, a demo straight away yeah. it was just sort of like a, a developer's sort of a almost a beta sort of thing yeah. a lot of people came away with that sort of a not so hot expect or impressions of the yeah. game um, I know there's like videos and that have come out like what's changed and that and, uh, yeah the feedback video we feedback just released video. Yeah, um, so I haven't seen that yet side so. by side comparison of what you could do in the demo versus what feedback they got because they did send out a survey yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys got it as well but they got you to fill out specific things that you liked 
and what you didn't like about the game, and this is what they've come up with with what's achievable in the time frame without you know pushing it back yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and probably stuff they hadn't even thought of. Like they're so used to just making games in their small little developer bubbles in their little worlds that some of the stuff that we think is totally normal thing, they're just like, that's actually a great idea. Let's add that. It'll only take like a, like a week to implement that kind of thing or speed things up here or make it a wider range of picking up items over here and that kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I know when I played it, like I'm like, like, love the music, love the art style, but it's just like a bit slow and a bit of the maneuverability wasn't there. I actually there, found but... that the more I played it, the faster I got at it. So yeah. I, I remember a few people being like, oh, it's a bit slow. I'm like, keep at it, keep at it. Because I thrashed the demo. Like, I kept going yeah. back to it. Um, just handheld a lot of the time as well and just docking it wherever I was. But the better you get at the mechanics and if you use more melee weapons as well, you can really sort of pump up the speed. Right. I was doing, yeah. like, the better I got at the controls, it's, it's like most games, the better you get at the controls, the more speed you got yeah, out of it. So yeah. what we saw in the gameplay videos beforehand where people were like, oh, cool, this is going to be pretty fast paced, then saw in the demo that it was it was running it was moving a little bit slower. I could just put that down to experience. Right. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. they've 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 acknowledged that there's that they're like oh it's a bit slow. All right, you want speed? So hopefully we'll see like some crazy like end game level sort of stuff where you are actually quite formidable speed wise. Yeah. We'll be playing it like oh no no no, no not this fast yeah, Jesus. No. Yeah. Like, we should have listened. <laughs> one of, one of the levels at the end we we're actually versing other like. Mechs. I yeah. thought that was brilliant how they sort of when you get down the to giant the one or you're fighting the other arsenals. Ah, uh, just the other arsenals. I yeah, think. Yeah, that was fun. Like you're on the you're on like just from moving on the ground, like you're skidding around and you sort of jump and you're, yeah. and you fly off. Super stylish. Yeah, yeah, I think that was really well done. Did I you think, did you did you did you take a few times to to beat them? Uh, or did you get them first try. Um, I can't remember, but I would yeah. imagine I wouldn't have got them first go. I got go. squashed. I, I like the, the heavy dude with the... Actually, no, I think it was the, the chick with the huge hammer. She just dismantled me, and I was Did like... Did she? All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. You just sit up, you get ready. Like when you lose that to a kid below your knees in Smash, you just like, all right, shit. <laughs> I should pick it back up again. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right. Limited edition of that got announced too, not long ago, didn't it? Yeah, so yeah. there's like an art book and, a, and an Arsenal statue as well, and it comes in... Uh, the box it comes in is actually a display case for oh, it, so it looks like it's in the cool. hangar. Yeah. It looks super cool. Yeah, very excited good. about yeah. that. Yeah. So out of all the games sort of Nintendo's releasing for the Switch this year, what's one that uh, personally got you most excited? One that you're like, yes, I'm going to put plenty of time into this, or even if you play for it once and yeah. put it down. What's one you're really excited for? Um, Astral Chain, probably, just because that's the most off-center thing. Well, Damon X Machina as well, definitely, yeah. but I'll probably play Astral Train because I love I love a good story yeah. and especially like even if it's like generic anime story I, I don't care like I'm, I'm, I think that's why that's man. got me yeah, too yeah, yeah. I think I think just looking at Astral Train I'm just like that's like right up my alley yeah. and the problem with uh, the, my problem internally with Damon X Machina is that I was looking for a mecha game yeah. however I was looking for a port of Xenoblade Chronicles X <laughs> because I really wanted that game but you know oh, all things aside I'll, I'll play Damon when it comes out see how I go but Astro Chain is the thing that's really got me on yeah. like new IP right there. Yeah. yeah. That that's the thing that's got my attention in terms of new IP this year. Yeah, just trying new things. I'm just happy that we've like we've got a good platform for people to just be like, hey we got this cool idea, let's it'll yeah. work really well on your console, let's give it a go. Yeah. And we're seeing like in the indie games room too, like um, a lot of like a few of them are starting to really embrace Switch as well, which is yeah. good to see. Like Yeah, that's no, good. It's much easier yeah. to develop for. 
Like our, pre our previous platforms were a little bit more of a brick wall to get through, yeah. um, which, you know, it protected the experience for a lot of people and meant that only games of a certain level of quality would get through. Now that it's a bit more open, open market, there's a lot more games, but there's so many cool games that are just perfect for the system. Yeah, like I've played, I played Hollow Knight on PC like a year before it came out on Switch. I barely played it on my computer though, yeah. but on the Switch, just because it's portable, I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll try again. I'll do that boss again. I'll do it again. Yeah. Or like sitting in public transport and stuff like that. Those, a lot of those indie games as well are very yeah. personal and having it as a handheld system, which is also what the 3DS is like, very personal experiences. Yeah. It's yeah. like super special, especially for a lot of those indie titles. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I was always like that, even um, even like on PS Vita when like get the indie games there. Now the Switch, mm. like the Switch has a lot of them. Yeah. It like it's it's really, like, even if I've got it on my PlayStation or something, like I sit there and play. It's on your TV. It's nice, yeah. but just having that option, not like that's not there, not being able to take it to bed, yeah, not being able to with you, yeah, yeah wherever like, you are, yeah. Because that's where you, like you just have so much time to sort of get through some of these uh, games. But mm. yeah, that's how I feel. But anyway, yeah. I feel like I've finished a lot more indie games on Switch yeah. than I've even yeah. put a dent in on on the on the, the stationary platform that I was playing it on. Yeah. I know, I've certainly bought a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. backlog is not getting yeah. smaller. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the, ma the amount of games I've bought just been like, ah, oh, this is getting a bit ridiculous. It's like over 100. Just all on, all, all on this thing that's in my bag. Yeah. And I end up playing probably none of them. I'll probably end up just listening well, to music I don't know maybe you'll just give it a try one day and get hooked on it like oh I've been meaning to play this check it out like I've yeah. gone back to a couple of games and actually finished them yeah. um, when I sometimes you have to start again if the story doesn't sort of catch you up yeah. straight away you have to go back but yeah. or it'll mean something different the next time you play it like I know a lot of people like there's a few people who didn't they didn't dig Breath of the Wild when it came out because they didn't yeah. it didn't click for them and then you know a year or two down the track now that it's been out they're like oh yeah I jumped on it again because they announced the new one and then they're just like, I'm obsessed. I love yeah. it. I've got, couple, yeah. I've got a couple of friends like who've said the same thing. Like, yeah. they got it and like, oh, you know, there's better open world games out there. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh. that's that's like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, just like the sense of exploration of Breath of the Wild. Just, I can't get over how good it is. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, so it's getting off to knockoff time for you. So it we better we better let you go. Yeah, I'm excited. You're excited? Yeah, I bet <laughs> I'm you excited. are. I'm going oh. on a trivia night. Are you? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You're going to win? You're going to get no. all the... <laughs> no. I'm going to pretend like I'm getting every question right. You have to get all the Nintendo... Big. You need to get all the Nintendo questions right at least. Yeah, they might fire me actually if I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. All right, thank you very much for no coming on the show again and we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, it was good yeah. to see you guys again. Yeah. All right, thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the rest of Avcon. You too. And that's day one of Avcon in the bag, Bryce. Uh, let's do a quick run-up of the day how's, how's it going for you how do you feel it's uh almost nine o'clock adelaide time when we're recording this uh, how do you feel about it pretty good overall i mean uh something i said when we were in the car was it's very much about sticking to traditions with avcon so yeah. it doesn't all change that much but you know seeing some new indie games pop up and you know seeing some new stalls pop up is probably the biggest change you'll get uh nintendo had a bigger stall um when i walked in i was like oh Oh wow, that's really nice. Checked in there through the my Nintendo thing and got myself a hand towel. Hooray! Yep. We beat one of the trials that they had, and we both got screen cleaners and Yoshi patches for our clothes. Yeah, so at the uh, at the Nintendo booth, if you sign in with my Nintendo, you get a choice, or you don't get a choice. You get randomly selected. You might get a little hand towel, or you might get a little. What are they called? Little sockets for your phone. phone socket Pop sockets. 
Now, I don't personally use a pop socket, but maybe I will now. I've got a pop socket. And I wanted a towel, but I got the pop socket. But uh, apparently, uh, if you sign in tomorrow, you get the opposite thing. So I'll get my towel tomorrow so I can have nice dry hands because no one likes a wet hand. Like, if you're shaking hands and you've got a wet hand, that's just a bit weird. Because you, you don't know if they've just been to the toilet. You don't know if they've been, like, crawling in wet grass. You don't know what's going on. So that's just... Having a towel is always good, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're like trying to justify a towel right now, like like it's something that is an absolute necessity to have in your back pocket at all times. In my opinion, it's something that like a mechanic puts in their back pocket so they can wipe their hands off. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a nice uh, red towel though. You wouldn't want to put that in your uh, in your back pocket, putting grease on it. But you're not a mechanic, so that won't happen. So you know, you'll you'll use it to uh, get your pavlova or like or your souffle out the oven or something like that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's probably what it's going to be good for, I would say. <laughs> so, I, I guess we'll go to the indie indie games room. Uh, so, you know, we've already... People have heard the interviews, the chats we've had, and we, we've got to play a couple of other games. What did you, what did you sort of think of the, uh, the space itself? The space itself? I mean, it felt a little bit more organised this year. Something about it just felt a little bit more... I mean, set up. Does that make sense? Like, the developers had their sort of round tables and stuff. They had more room to sit and, um, you know, as as I mentioned, we got our own little groove where we could go if we needed to. We didn't use it very much, obviously, but we might tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows? Because uh, tomorrow, tomorrow uh, is sort of like the just make sure we didn't miss anything kind of day, like I feel. And then when, we, then when we've done whatever we've got to do, we'll just walk around and do whatever we want you know that's typically what happens uh so i feel like um today was a good day to scope out the indie the indie room we did that a fair bit you know we were in there you we were in there a decent bit talked to a, some people even that we've talked to before you know um and then we very uh very briefly ran through the stalls because I, i'm i'm like i can't buy anything this year can't afford it so I didn't look too hard into it, but I know I saw some things. Where I was just like, Shh, I want the money for that. Mm. So it's kind of like, yep, yeah, I'll hold off that. The stores are always, the, the the stores there are always brilliant. They're, you know, it's very rare that you don't find something that you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like it. As far as the convention went, like we're there all day, but it feels like if you look back on it, like what did we, what did we actually do? Like <laughs> we just had well, just had a good look. Had a lot of things, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we went to we went to a panel or two, sort of thing. Um, oh, we did too. Yeah, yeah, we did, and checked that out. And you know, half half the convention is anime, but like every time I tell myself I'm gonna go watch an anime screening, yeah, it doesn't happen. So, because yeah. um, I'm I I love anime. I'm I'm not gonna fucking shortcut that. Definitely do, but um, I do too. I just need to watch it. I feel like there's just like a lot of like good things there that you won't see anywhere else. Like you're not going to catch anime on the big screen every often either, but like, you know, it's hard to come, come across some of like the specialty stores and these indie games and, you know, the smash competitions and stuff like that. I think, I think that for me is probably a little bit more appealing. Yeah. Well, especially from down the country from where we are, like, you know, we don't see anime anything except for the internet. Well, 
that's yeah, that's pretty much true, except for the fact that um, in recent years, uh, Dragon Ball's sort of gone up on the rise, and a couple of Dragon Ball movies have turned up in our theaters down there. Um, I think the Pokemon movie, I think I Choose You was supposed to as well, but I'm not sure it ever did. Yeah, I, I don't know, but that that's also like you know the most popular stuff as well like Dragon Ball Pokemon oh yeah yeah there's like a shit ton of anime out there and a lot of it a lot of it goes unseen by the general public because it's like niche I guess there's some really good anime out there yeah yeah and apart from that we went and seen a DC Douglas's uh, Q&A which was fun to watch is there good to watch all the people going up and ask the questions and some people are just like so excited and nervous and it's kind of heartwarming to see and DC Douglas like I only heard, I only just found out about him through doing like the uh, interview with him, to be honest, yeah. and uh, all that. But he's like the voice actors; are, they've always got so much personality, and they've got such a presence when you uh, talk to them, just through their voice. It's really, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it was good. It was a great panel to go and watch. And we we uh, were planning to go to his other panel, but we couldn't hold on any longer because we were just we hadn't eaten all day, so. Uh, to not eat for another two hours was just like no, oh, that's not a good idea. Yeah. So we went. So we went and ate. Uh, went and had dinner with a friend at uh, Betty's Burgers. So if oh. if you live in Adelaide or Melbourne, go to Betty's Burgers, please. I in- implore you, go and get a chicken burger. It'd be the best goddamn chicken burger you ever taste in your life. Uh, I don't know if the is the chain in America. No, it's just American inspired. I think just just American inspired. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because like when we were at PAX and, we, and Riley took us there, we were like, this is amazing. I still remember like, the look in your eye <laughs> when you took a bite out of it and I was thinking the exact same thing. That is the best fried chicken I've ever had. <laughs> like in a burger, I should say. Um, but I, I mean, we, we even though even though we sort of skipped out for dinner, we thought, oh, maybe we can catch the last hour. We went back there and it was all closed up, unfortunately, so we missed it. But um, like just the energy that he brought in his Q and A alone was pretty damn impressive, mm. you know. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of a lot of guests this year sort of broke the cardinal rule that we'd heard from. I can't remember if it was Neil. I'm pretty sure it was Neil Kaplan last year, where like, um, asking for voices, uh, asking for voices is cool and all, but like asking me to do it on the spot and like, in front of like. A whole bunch of people is like one thing, because yeah. they're in a booth all the time. I'm just like, and that that's what a lot of people seem to do at DC Douglas's Q and A. He was happy to oblige, but like, I, I can imagine like after hearing Neil Kaplan talk about it, I, I can kind of imagine it. Yeah, and like the interviews like I did with the uh, the voice actors, I made sure not to ask them like, oh, do the voice, do the funny voice, yeah, do the voice you do on the show. Like I don't know, it just seems a bit, don't know, not very professional. <laughs> like, I like, like if you're a fan, like I guess fair enough, you really want to hear it, but I don't know. Depends on the person and the mood they're in and the context, I guess. Well, I think the thing is, is that like, um, doing that, doing those voices in front of a microphone is a hell of a lot different to it is to like a giant crowd, and it's just kind of like. When you become known for something like that, and they're like, "Do the thing, do the thing," it's almost like like you're being treated like a clown. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, "Oh, do the juggling act," like, uh, and I understand that. And I mean, 
despite despite that, he was actually happy to oblige, and like that's nice to see. But it kind of makes me think in the back of his head, he's like, "Oh God, I knew when I was doing this, I'd be walking into this." Probably does it at every convention he do- he goes to. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess with conventions, it just comes with the territory. Just like people love you for doing bringing this character to life, and they want the character to come to life from the person itself, not just like the animated screen. So. Yeah, I do say it, but I think it is just something to keep in mind if you're a fan of a voice actor, just like... Be respectful about it. Yeah, maybe back it, yeah. There there was a guy, like, there was was a couple there, and one of them was really sincere about it, and was like, I did voice acting when I was younger, and you were one of the people on my list that I really wanted to voice act with, and you're, like, literally one of the only ones left, so can you just do a rendition of a line with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. It's great to hear that you, you know, you were trying to get into that line of work and all that stuff. And that was nice. But then you got people that just like, uh, I'm speaking to Albert Wesker, <laughs> you know, like the character he voices in resident evil. Uh, what, what is your next plan? And then, you know, DC Douglas is a guy that doesn't play video games knows his characters well enough but doesn't play the video games or whatever he's kind of just like um i don't know <laughs> yeah like how do i respond to that and he did but yeah. he's like it's not actually me you do realize but there's writers and i'm just uh bringing it to life <laughs> yeah yeah exactly right there was one guy he made a real good fun, fun out of it though um a guy come up to the microphone and he was like uh i do not watch dubs and I've watched the sub version of Jojo. He's like, but uh, he's actually no, actually no. He said, um, I am. I'm intrigued to watch the dub version, but I want you to convince me. And he did this whole act, like from walking to the couch all the way down to the bottom, in his character from Jojo's voice, and made like a big joke out of it. And it was great. It was fantastic. Mm. That that like stuff like that was cool because it was just kind of like improv skidding. Yeah, I guess, I guess the thing with Avcon, especially for the context of this podcast as well, like there's not like there's not like a whole of Nintendo there. It's all like as far as video games, it's like a lot of like Blizzard stuff, and it's a lot of uh, sort of sort of like I guess more cosplay friendly um, video games. Whereas like Nintendo doesn't really fit into it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And but in saying that, Nintendo is like is the only publisher there yeah. <laughs> as well. So. It is it is an interesting convention to go to sort of cover as far as like a Nintendo podcast goes, but I think it like personally I just find all this stuff interesting to bring to you guys anyway. Um, so whether that's uh, uh, interesting to you guys or not, it's up to you guys. But for yeah. me, for me, I think mainly it's like it's a small convention in in the eyes of like PAX or something like that, but it is like the biggest like. Uh, anime convention in the southern hemisphere at least and it's got the video games attached because they do their competitions and stuff there as well you know smash tournaments stuff like that that's stuff that you don't really see at pax do you know what i mean oh you do not in the same vein though i feel i feel like you do but i've never been involved with one at pax because it's just so much bigger and they do esports type things more Hmm. they do smash they do smash mario kart and all that there because it's in the at least when I was there, I didn't see it. It's definitely there. Well, anyway, I, I feel like it's more community-driven here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the whole the whole Smash Brothers community in Adelaide gets involved and, you know, they help host it and stuff like that. It's it's far more, like, ingrained in it, um, in the community of Adelaide. And, like, it's it's great. It's great there. Um, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, so... 
I feel like I feel like just promoting small conventions like this is a good idea. Um, and us us going to these conventions and check them checking them out when nobody else is going to is the sort of important thing. Somebody's got to cover it, and like us being as local as we are, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, like it is our local convention, even though it's four hours away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we're not going to get a convention like that in down where we are. That's just no. yeah, that's not going to happen. But like. Avcon being what it is, it's not it's not Supernova and it's not RTX and it's not PAX like conventions that are like hosted in cities where it's like they're where it's like the prominent base of like video game creation and art and all that stuff. It's it's a piece of it in Adelaide in its own regard. Yeah. Anyway, that that does it for day one, and you'll see us uh, or hear from us for day two. Bye bye. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to day two, the final day of Avcon. Here with Bryce again, as always. I won't leave him. How you going, dude? Hey, man. Hey, man. Don't, thanks for not leaving me. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So, we just got here. We got here a bit late because we had a late night sort of uh, getting everything ready for a uh, Patreon launch and new podcast and all that. But uh, I guess, uh, what are we going to do here today, Bryce? What, what shenanigans are we going to get up to? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Usually Sunday is the chillax day where we just go around and check out everything, you know, because we're doing interviews the first day and then the, and then the Friday we have the professional interviews and I guess it's mainly just getting around and having a look. Um, I mean, at the moment we're kind of sitting, we're sitting in front of a completed yellow speedrun waiting for someone to talk to. Um, but as far as I know, that's the only thing we've really got on today. Yeah, so I guess after this we're just going to be like seeing what's going on, who wants to talk and all that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to go and talk to Kaser. Uh, He's uh, involved in the local Super Smash Bros. Uh, competitive scene. and um, I guess that's the scene we're not all that familiar with, just well, especially the local scene, just because uh, you know, we're four hours away. So you know, apart from little bits on Facebook and social media, we see uh, you know, we're not all that involved in it. So as much as we would like to, like, how good would it be if we could just come up and like... They do it like every Wednesday. And how good would it be if we come up every Wednesday, play some Smash, you know, get our skills better, meet people? Be so good. But. Be really good, yeah. But unfortunately, there's nothing like that around. Yeah. We'll just have to do it for ourselves. We'll have to start it up in you know, our hometown and get it going. Yeah, see, that's not a bad idea. Like, it's sort of like in country communities, I think it's just like people are just uh, keep to themselves, but people need to actually sort of get amongst it and do it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we live close enough to a city that I'm sure we'll bring some people into it <laughs> yeah anyway uh, we'll uh, jump on to Kaser and we'll see you there beautiful wonderful uh, Kaser welcome to the house of Mario thank you for having me uh, so yesterday uh, was the Super Smash Bros ultimate uh, tournament and uh, you're up there hosting everything and I guess so Bryce and I we're just intrigued about sort of the local Adelaide uh, Smash Bros community and uh, sort of what it's all about and sort of I guess Smash uh, competitive in general because you know we see stuff on Twitch and all of that but uh, I guess uh, Avcon's pretty much our only time sort of getting amongst it and all of that so yeah just uh, interested uh, about that. Sure well I mean, Smash Brothers in, in Adelaide, in, in South Australia, it's got a relatively long history, and Avcon is a big part of that. Um, you know, if you go all the way back, it's many Smash Brothers games, but Smash Brothers 64, I was a teenager in high school, and 
they had, um, as I mentioned yesterday, they had the kiosk at the Maya shopping center and, and playing that. Uh, to my knowledge, I mean, I, I don't know that there was much of a competitive scene around at that time per se. They probably ran a, a couple of sort of casual tournaments here and there. Um, but certainly by the time that Super Smash Bros. Melee came out for the GameCube, 2002 I believe, and the first Avcon it was appearing at was either Avcon 2002 or 2003. In 2003 certainly my first Avcon. And I think, you know, at least in Adelaide at least, that's when you started to have a real focus and, and, and a tournament of scale in South Australia. So, you know, from Avcon to Avcon there was always a lot of excitement and, and always lots of entrants you know this year we had 147 uh, I know in past there's been ones that have been 200 plus and they always uh, you know I got to shout out the organizers they, they work super hard and under a lot of pressure and and sometimes criticism but they, they really uh, have done a great job this year in keeping it on schedule and um, everyone has a lot of fun so um, you know for, for Adelaide beyond there um, you know there was of course, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, uh, Super Smash Brothers for the the Wii U and 3DS, and most recently, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the Switch. And each of these games has had a scene around it. Uh, I think that uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee uh, was in the early days primarily focused around the Avcon circuit, um, and and it's had a resurgence in in recent years, particularly after the Super Smash Brothers documentary that that really revitalised the the scene. Um, but around the same time as well, or, or around a, a bit before that, I should say, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, there was events, not just at Avcon, but um, a local uh, LAN event called Street Geek, and they had uh, tournaments, and, and there was a small scene around that time. And, and it's built and built and built now to the point where you have in, in Adelaide a dedicated Super Smash Bros. melee scene, uh, there was, of course, the, the Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS scene that has now moved on to Ultimate and still going strong to this day. So, you know, you see like yesterday at Avcon, um, a mixture of people who are here for Avcon who just like to play Super Smash Brothers, entering and having some fun. And then there's also the ded dedicated tournament players who, who tend to rise up. But as we saw yesterday in top four, there was uh, an entrant, uh, Yenvi by the name. Uh, by his name and um, he got to top four and, and he's not someone who comes out to the local tournament scene but he always gives everyone a run for their money um, at Avcon tournaments because like, I know like with Bryce and I we used to sort of uh, get a bit more amongst it in the Super Smash Bros brawl I guess that was sort of uh, I guess the peak of us uh, getting real competitive one, one, with uh, one another and then when we come here we're like alright we, we can take them on we can do it then we you know we get maybe three rounds in if we're lucky <laughs> and then we uh, get it that way but um, as, as far as like the finals go yesterday you were up there doing the commentating and that is that something you've had much experience with have you been doing that for long or is that something you just m might do here at Avcon or I have done some commentary for the local scene um, I'm, I'm probably I, I think I can safely say I'm the oldest in the, the Super Smash Brothers scene locally and certainly not the most active probably because, you know, uh, work and other life commitments. But I, I love getting back to the scene. I love uh, reconnecting with all the, the members, seeing particularly now we've got a new game, the young members that are rising up that are starting to threaten some of the old guard. Um, but, yeah, for, for me commentating, um, it's somewhat of a more natural fit in that I, I don't mind getting behind the microphone and, and talking about the game and 
for me, it's uh, a way to, to sit back and contribute. Um, my skill level is, is fine, but really not something I'm really actively working on to, to get up to a super high level. Um, but I, I feel like I can contribute in that way. And so, yeah, you know, when there's local uh, tournaments, I try to get behind the microphone when I can. Um, in the last couple of years, it's been a little while since I've gone to some of the major events, um, you know, we've had in the past uh, Southern Cross Championships. And, and last year there was the Big Cheese Tournament um, here in, in Adelaide. Uh it has. I haven't been doing as much of it recently, but at Avcon last couple of years, I've, I've been up on stage to do it um, and, and try to reach an audience that is, you know, by nature probably you know 20, 25 percent of the hardcore players. But you need to be able to speak to that broader demographic and not get too too technical. Try to explain what's going on and, and you know keep the audience engaged and interacting with what's happening. Because like we were watching yesterday, and uh, like wow, these players are really good. And Bryce even pointed out, like, oh, I think you said something like, oh, you explained what one of the players done to sort of get back onto the ledge. And Bryce was like, oh, that's really smart. I didn't think about that. So even players that like ourselves that might have a bit of experience, but we can still take away from it because of the commentary, because of the explaining of what's going on. And how do you feel about it? I mean, what, just watching the players yesterday, I'm already overwhelmed in myself. <laughs> because, to be honest, like, we get a lot of practice against each other. And I do a bit of online, but it doesn't really equate all the way to, like, a local scene. Um, seeing the different play styles here sort of invigorates me to get back to the game and keep on working on it. Um, I just wish I had more practice targets, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, with me, it's the same thing. Because, like, online, like, you can go online and verse people, but... Like Smash Bros Online, just really, I, I just I can't do it with the the lag and that. Um, yeah, yeah. And and you and you said yes, was it yesterday that uh, there's like weekly catch ups on Wednesdays? Um, tell us a bit about that because that's something I'm really jealous about. <laughs> like instead of going to soccer, I'll come to Smash Bros training and go play with people and meet friends and that. So um, if anyone's in Adelaide or whatever, what's all that about? Yeah, well. The, the scene has a number of regular catch-ups. Uh, the two that you can just go to drop into weekly, you've got on a Wednesday and on a Friday at the University of Adelaide. Now, I understand presently, I think they're doing it in Unibar. Previously, they've done it in the Union building, generally speaking, at, at a couple of different locations. Most recently, I believe the Unibar. Um, that's called EVAC, which is the broader university video games group. But Smash Brothers is certainly a dedicated and, and a strong part of that. So... Wednesday, Friday, you've got your catch-ups. Friendlies are just happening all the time. Um, and then maybe for Fridays, every once a month, once every two months, you'll have a tournament. So um, five bucks to enter. And really, if, if you're interested in any way in the competitive side of Smash Brothers, or even if you just want to have some fun, it's just a great way to, to enter and to really experience, I suppose, um, that that more competitive side of Smash Brothers, which, you know, admittedly it's not for everyone, but I, I would encourage everyone to give it a go once. Um, the old adage goes that you always go 0-2 at your first tournament. Um, there are exceptions to that rule always, but uh, to be humbled in a game like Smash Brothers and, and to take it back to what you were saying about the frustration of online, there's really a completely different atmosphere to getting bodied by someone online. So when, when you play next to someone... Um, I find that, you know, I can get quite frustrated sometimes playing online and, and you forget that there's another person on the other side. But when you're sitting there next to someone, 
it's really difficult to feel that kind of anger and frustration. And certainly they can make you feel like, wow, this guy's really good. What can I do? But most people are very friendly and they want to tell you, okay, so, okay, you're a, a Mario main. You know, I see you're doing these habits or these moves. Perhaps you should try doing this. Um, I like what you're doing with this. And, and everyone's really friendly and willing to offer feedback and, and certainly a way to improve your game. Nothing uh, will, will help you more than playing against uh, tough opponents. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And if, if anyone in the Adelaide area is sort of interested in being a part of this, where can they sort of find the Facebook groups and whatever uh, ways of communication there are? Yeah, well, look, the first place to go would be the Facebook page, which is South Australian Super Smash Brothers. Um, so that will cover the entire scene. So Facebook, South Australian Super Smash Brothers. If you search that, it's really a good portal to just enter into everything. We have a very active Discord server, which you'll be able to get the details from on the Facebook page. Um, and and there, between those two, the Facebook and the Discord, you'll be in touch with all the, the community members who will be posting about tournaments, we'll be posting about other events that are going on. Uh, particularly on the Discord, is great if you want to just uh, play Wi-Fi against people. And, and, you know, you mentioned again lag. Well... It's not perfect online experience, but one of the better ways to have a, a more enjoyable experience is to play someone with a, a better ping, right? So, so other South Australians, um, and there's plenty of people of various skills from, you know, starting out beginners all the way to your, you know, top players as well. Um, you know, lots of discussion about uh, characters, matchups, how to get better. Um, so yeah, I'd really encourage anybody with even a little bit of interest, just pop on, introduce yourself, say hi, and uh, we'd love to see you come out. Awesome. And I guess just a bit of a fun question to end things up. Uh, so we've got two more slots left in the Super Smash Brothers uh, Fighters Pass to be announced. Is there any sort of characters in particular you would like to see? I know Banjo and uh, Joker and uh, the Hero have, have already been announced, but uh, who are you looking forward to the most? Okay, I'm going to... I've thought of them. I've got them now in my head. One of them is... A more silly one, but not outside the realms of possibility. And uh, the other one is a bit of a, a personal pick. Um, I don't know, what do you call it? A little bit of a... Not a, a guilty pick. I'm not sure the word I'm trying to have. Greedy, greedy pick. So something like that. So the first one is, is uh, the silly slash not side out, outside of the realms of possibility is Birdo. Um, I, I think that Birdo is long neglected. There's been plenty of attention on Waluigi. And, and look... I, Oh, well, I'd be happy to see a Waluigi in Smash, but I think Birdo, no one's talked about Birdo. It's the sleeper underneath everything. It has something of an Echo Fighter potential possibility with Yoshi, and yet still with its own unique uh, moveset, which can be customized a bit. And, you know, iconic within the, the, the Super Mario Brothers Nintendo realm. I mean, throughout lots of... Uh, uh, Mario Tennis sports games and also probably in, in a Mario party or two I, I couldn't say off the top of my head but, but certainly uh, Birdo would be great because we've seen Piranha Plant of course and, and after all it's like Banjo and you know we need uh, yeah that's right and like we, we need all these other characters that have been so fiercely debated but nobody's mentioned Birdo so I, I guess uh, as well that uh, Super Mario Bros 2 hasn't actually had a representative either am I missing someone? Like, there's not Wart or anyone like that from it. So that could be that could be a pretty good idea to sort of represent a Mario game that hasn't been sort of represented, yeah. And now to my second pick, which is the Greedy pick or, or something like that. Um, I'll shout out my friends, uh, William and Ari at Team Cherry. Um, 
is, is uh, the night from Hollow Knight. I know a lot of people would like to see that, and um, I find it far less likely, not impossible, but far less likely because um, you've got something like uh, Shovel Knight as a, as a assist trophy, and, um, you know, I, I, I see Hollow Knight a little bit on that same sort of footing, um, or the night from Hollow Knight, I should say. So I think it would be a fantastic uh, option. And, uh, you know, what can I say? I, I, it's my mate. I would love to see it on the, the Smash Brothers stage. Um, never say never, but those are my two picks. That's, yeah, Hollow Knight would be really cool just uh, for like this community, especially in like Adelaide, Avcon. Like, that would be absolutely huge. And then uh, next year, if, if it did get announced, uh, you have to play as Hollow Knight because it's here in Adelaide. So, <laughs> uh, What about you, Bryce? Any one in particular? See, I've already got my dream pick, so yeah. I'm kind of like lost on that because uh, Banjo was my dream pick and has been for a very long time. Big Rare fan. It's what I grew up with. Um, but... Oh, there has to be something on my list... I reckon I would be this is one I wanted since uh, Kid Icarus Uprising I wanted Hades oh, yeah. from Kid Icarus Uprising I think he's just got so much personality and having it sort of injected into like one of the Smash Bros games and it'd be really cool and especially just getting another representative for Kid Icarus I think that would be pretty cool yeah I think it's you know again it's a Sakurai uh, game as well so it's not uh, impossible either I feel like a lot of people would be disappointed with that because they like go from Banjo to like Hades from Kid Icarus it's like a lot of people like, what the hell? That was that game that gave me a hand cramp on 3DS. But <laughs> yeah, Did you, have, have you thought of one yet? No, you've pretty much you've pretty much clogged my hole now. <laughs> I've clogged your hole. That's a good way to put it. All right. Well, I mean, you know, with with banjo in there, I think I think it's just completely completely erased all all other options from my mind because when when banjo uh, before banjo was announced, it was just like okay, if it's not banjo, then who else could it be? And I'm sort of like picking like all these characters that I'd like to see. But now that Banjo's in there, I'm not going to play anything else. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, because you've been gone on about Banjo for years and years. And now you got it. Now you don't have to say anything. You can uh, never buy a Super Smash Bros. game again. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show. It was a lot of fun. And I think uh, us just hearing about the Smash community and all that was really great. So and hopefully some people out there who listen to this like, it might want to get involved get involved and yeah community keeps growing yeah great my pleasure thanks for having me on and once again I hope to see you out there and uh, play some great games of Smash Brothers we'll try <laughs> <laughs> alright catch you guys alrighty we got Alex here from We Are Robots how are we going man yeah good, good. yourself yeah good thank you uh, so we're here at your stand at Avcon and you've got all these custom controllers from PS4 Xbox One and you've got some Joy-Cons I guess uh, we just want to ask about sort of the, the, the controller modding because it's something like we see online a lot that you know, these awesome sort of mods but you here have like these really cool modded controllers that you know, some are just paint jobs, some are like uh, display pieces for like your living room or that but sort of how did you uh, get into uh, doing modded controllers and uh, starting up this business? Uh, so I started out mostly doing kind of model kits and stuff uh, about 10 years ago and uh, love of gaming and, and modding and painting stuff kind of merged together and um, resulted in a custom controller business. I did, did a couple for myself initially and got some interest from people 
and it's kind of grown from there. This is our second year at uh, Avcon, and it's yeah been pretty successful. They, um, people seem pretty uh, interested in them. Seems to gather a reasonable crowd. Um, there's there's quite a few different kind of modding uh, companies out there, but we really tried to I guess focus on doing some things that people aren't doing and and where we can push the boundaries of it in terms of creating 3d elements you know screws and textures and additional bits as well that you don't really see from most other modders who are just uh, doing just color schemes like uh, you've got like the the yeah, the pink donut from the Simpsons you've got a, a PlayStation 4 controller sort of themed after a Super Nintendo controller like there's just how, how many I guess uh, designs do you have like there's obviously a fair few here um oh we've probably we've probably done up maybe 30 40 different designs kind of all up but the bulk of uh, our business is commission work so we have people get in touch with us they're after a particular design we'll uh, do up a, a digital mock-up that kind of looks 3d and like the finished thing and uh, once they're happy to go ahead with it we'll actually paint up so uh, on a day-to-day basis, we could be doing, you know, a completely different controller every day. So, yeah, there's an infinite amount of possibilities. There's some really crazy, like, uh, textures and designs on these controllers that just look absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what kind of design time and thought process goes into making them type of things? Uh, so some of them, for example, uh, Sea of Thieves one we did a, a while ago, um, which is based on a, I guess, a pirate ship kind of sunken pirate ship or yeah. sunken treasure. Um, takes a reasonable amount of time. All the details are kind of handcrafted um, and affixed, and uh, we do engraving and sculpting and inscribing and all sorts of different kind of details to to customize them. Um, some of them can take several months working on them in between other projects. Some of the simpler ones uh, take between you know two and four weeks, um, depending on the number of coats of paint. Some coats of paint take up to a week to cure to full hardness, and we try and use a um, an auto grade enamel on the the top uh, coat for all of them, which takes about a week to cure, but it gives it a really hardy finish, which would last quite a you know number of years. Yeah, like a lot of them look like they could be like somewhat like like official ones. Like they look really nice. Uh, um, so you've got a few sort of modded Joy-Con here. How have uh, how have the Joy-Con been to sort of uh, do compared to like a bigger controller like the Xbox or the PlayStation? Uh, they're definitely challenging in terms of the amount of space that you've actually got to do something on. There isn't really a lot of space on the Joy-Cons on the front. Um, there's a bit more space on the back. Um, we haven't done a lot of them yet because obviously they're a newer console compared to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, which are almost at the end of their lifespan now. Um, the Joy-Con's been out for almost two years now, so there hasn't been as much demand for them, but we're getting into them, and they definitely provide a challenge with the, the small size and the, and the fiddliness of them, but yeah, we're really hoping to, to get more into them. And We've also done a few Pro Switch controllers as well, which are a nice controller to do. Like, um, do you have any pro controllers here, or is that available on the website? Or uh, not here today. The ones that we've done have mostly been to order. Um, one of them was actually a winner of last year's competition we ran. Uh, she uh, was a, a mad uh, Zelda fan, so she actually got a, 
a custom Zelda uh, Pro Switch controller done up with a full kind of ruined texture with moss and a little flower growing out from between the, the rocks. It was quite a, a special piece. That'd be awesome. It'd be like sort of that statue, I guess, for the limited edition. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. So if anybody wants to sort of uh, see these controllers for themselves or um, maybe go and order one or whatever, where can they go to do that? So we've got a, a website which um, we have most of our work on display there. Uh, Wearerobots.com.au. Otherwise, our Instagram is the most up-to-date place. Uh, every you know couple of days we chuck something new up on there, which is uh, War Customs, just W-A-R Customs. Um, yeah, look that up and you can get in touch with us through the website or through Instagram or we're on Facebook and Twitter as well you'll be able to find us just looking up We Are Robots And will you be at PAX later this year? or We will be unofficially just uh, going along to check everything out um, we won't be set up there but hopefully we might be doing a little bit of a, a competition and, and giveaway for anyone that spots us at PAX might have something special to, to give away so Keep an eye on the social media for details on that. Well, thank you very much for your time, and we'll catch you later. Enjoy the rest of your con. So I'm here just after the Ocarina of Time panel uh, with Cody and David from Zelda Universe. How are you going, guys? Good. Doing very well, thanks. So it's Ocarina of Time's 20th anniversary. It's hard to believe it's come this far, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really strange thing because... Zelda's been around for so long that everyone has a game that they played when they were five. And for, for me, it was you know, Ocarina of Time I played when I was eight or so. But for other people, people who went they were five when the original Legend of Zelda came out, they're like 38 now. People who were five when Skyward Sword for the Wii came out, they're like 13 now. They're attending this convention. So there's just such a wide range of Zelda because it's been around such a long time. It's hard to, to believe sometimes. Yeah, there's it's similar to you know with games like there are movies that you remember like growing up with and like Jurassic Park was that for me and Ocarina of Time was that thing of like I was in uni at the time when I played it and just thinking back that far to a game that I remember so well like it's kind of surreal to realize how long it's been since then even though it feels like it's just yesterday how much I know the game. Yeah, for sure. When I was five years old, when I got my hand on a gold cartridge, my grandfather bought it for me and it was my favorite game and it has been ever since. It's just absolutely magical. Uh, when the 3DS version came out, good re-rendition. I loved it, apart from a bit of control issues, but the gyroscope worked well for the game and it sort of cleaned up very nicely. And it did the same for Majora's Mask as well, obviously. Um, I guess I just wanted to get your, get your opinions on where they'll go for it next, in, as in trying to represent Ocarina of Time. Maybe they'll have it on Switch down the line or something like that. What do you think? Um, look, I think Nintendo has historically always been happy to re-release their games and make more money so I, I don't doubt that it will reappear um, at a later point especially since it's such a, a good game such a successful game um, and such a fan favorite I mean certainly we will find Ocarina of Time at some point down the line whether it's Switch or whatever Switch Next is going to be because it is a fan favorite and it's going to be there and I mean it's probably not going to be certain games like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker which already have had their HD re-releases so I imagine like Ocarina of Time could come up very soon as that game that Nintendo re-releases very soon. For sure. And I guess one last final fun question. What's the most memorable blunder you've ever had in Ocarina of Time? Alright, so for me, I got I got a Pona and I got locked in and I couldn't figure out how to get out. Uh, <laughs> and so 
I, some, I, I would just open up the game, like run around for 10 minutes and then just for a couple of weeks there I was just like stumped. I was like, okay, I got the horse, but now that they won't let me leave with it, but I want to leave with this horse. So yeah, that took me a while. My most memorable blunder was Master Quest in the Deku Tree, where I got to that rolling spike log, and I'm like, all right, I'll hit the switch, and it's, the water should go down, and the water doesn't go down. And I'm like, I don't know how to beat this room. And I swear I went back and explored every other room, thinking maybe there's a switch in some other room to lower the water. And then, like, I was there for a week, not knowing how to get past it. And then I saw my roommate get past it by, you know, oh, I got past it the other day. And it's like, how'd you do it? Oh, I'm not telling. And when I finally realized it's just a matter of ducking underneath of it, I felt so inferior that day. Well, my, my first experience with Ocarina of Time, uh, like playing it properly, was on the 3DS. And I was stuck in the water dungeon for probably six years. I put it down and I just forgot about it, played other games. I'm like, I really have to play this game. I think I just, fin- I just finished it at the start of this year. Um, so that's really embarrassing, but at least I finished it now. Yeah. <laughs> it was a late entry into the Nintendo, Nintendo fandom. Not that late, but like you didn't have the 64. So you, 3DS is the one you completed? There you go. Yep. All right, guys, thank you for sharing with us. Sorry, did you have any um, big... What was your question? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So my biggest blunder from Ocarina of Time was doing the water temple without going back to get the Zora's tunic. So I did that with the green tunic, and it is possible. You just have to be very fast in some of the underwater sections. So I did Drown Link a few times, but I did get through it, so it is possible. That's actually incredibly impressive. That's awesome. (laughs) I wouldn't do it without it. That's for sure. I get too lost. It's such a maze. I just, yeah, I could never do it. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for sharing your, sharing your Ocarina of Time memories. And uh, we're glad to see you here again. Yeah. Saw you last year, and it was great to see you then, too. Yeah. If anybody wants to check out Zelda Universe, where can they find all the stuff? Uh, so, zeldauniverse.net, or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash zeldauniverse, twitter.com slash zeldauniverse. We've got, yeah, we're all over the place. But go to our website, and you can find all of our, all of our various social media there as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. What's up, everybody? We are back, and for probably the final time uh, on this glorified Uber car ride back to Millicent, South Australia. I'm not a bloody Uber driver. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I did pay you 50 bucks for this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, obviously, now we are heading back from Adelaide to uh, go back home to uh, little old uh, Millicent for us. So, um, I guess uh, the best thing to ask, really, is how do you think the weekend went, my friend? Uh, it, was, it was a good weekend. It was pretty uh, pretty hectic, just with uh, everything going on. Like, there was the launch of a new podcast and the Patreon and all that, on top of going to a convention and uh, doing this episode as well. So, there's a lot going on, so... Just a, yeah, it was fun though. We had fun. It's good to get away for a bit and see the city and eat too much hungry jacks. So <laughs> yeah, well, because when you go to Adelaide and especially in our in our context, it's like you go to the convention center, you get hungry, so you go down Rundle, and then you're like, what's the biggest what, what's the biggest thing that's right in front of you fa- right in front of your face? It's the hungry jacks, right? Like right on the corner. You like walk in there, you go get yourself a burger, and then you walk back to the convention center. That's just how it just that's how it happens, right? Right. 
Okay, well, uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, summary-wise, I suppose uh, it was pretty good overall. Uh, we had some fun, like I said earlier on, I guess. It's it's more traditional in the sense than it is uh, evolving. So it kept pretty much to the same rules we were pretty much used to. Uh, Avcon's really uh, cosplay-centered and... Uh, you see a lot of people getting around in cosplay, and it's fun to see. You know, a lot of people really make the big efforts to go in and everything. Um, we went to a couple panels, and uh, they were really fun. Uh, smaller rooms this year, unfortunately. Uh, I think that was probably my biggest gripe of the convention, is that uh, in the handbook, um, it was a bit unorganized, because it would say stuff like panel room one, but it would actually equate to like a room that was downstairs labeled as R5, which... Like, to people like us who were interested in going to those t- those sorts of panels, it was just so jarring and didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, like at PAX, like, I know, like, a lot of you guys in Australia would know, like, if you go into a panel and you see if it's in the Kookaburra uh, Theatre or whatever, you know where the Kookaburra Theatre is because that's the actual name of the room, whereas, like, at Avcon, they say panel room one, but it'll be in room R3 with no signs, so... If it's just a closed door, you don't you don't know where it is unless uh, you, you ask around. But even even some of the people there didn't even know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of the cosplay people were hanging around down in that room. So we uh, like where the panel rooms were. So we all just sort of we just sort of assumed, I guess, that that was where they were doing like the judging competitions and all that stuff. And then when uh, we went to the uh, Zelda Universe panel, Procreation of Time. Uh, we got there late because we'd been running around and trying to find it and all that stuff and it turns out that these closed doors actually held very very tiny rooms where they were holding these things um, which is a very big offshoot to what happened last year where they delegated a big room to have like those types of panels um, and they put something else in its place I think it was tabletop gaming which I guess makes sense um, I, I don't have a problem with that in in that in general but I feel like uh, the organisation just needs to be sort of like if you write, if they're writing it down in the manual and they're saying panel room one, it needs to actually say like, uh, uh, I can't remember the exact area, what the exact areas are called, but let's just say like room R five of the Eastwood uh, room section because that's like they were all labelled off as different sections with their own unique names, similar to like uh, what Drew just said about the Kookaburra theater, uh, theater at PAX. Same sort of thing, except they have miniature rooms that are labelled like R5 and etc. Um, so, I mean, that threw us off a bit. Um, but, I mean, the panels are still just pretty pretty quality as they have been. The bigger ones are held in bigger theatres and then the smaller ones were held in like the, the littler rooms. Um, they didn't... Uh, they Last year they shared the convention with... Um, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was... Uh, like a, a another sort of convention. It's about like future tech. It was about, yeah, it was about future tech, like, and it was held by the government. Um, I can't remember the name of it either, but yeah. And I mean, last year uh, we played Pac-Man on a giant screen that was being sprayed out of the water, mm. uh, yeah. and it was like really cool and all that. But I know that they had to share half the convention hall with them, and you know it was a little bit, little bit cramped in in that regard. But it was still pretty awesome to see all that all that neat stuff um but 
they switched up the placings of a couple things. It all it all seemed relatively similar, and we sort of just had fun. And yeah, I mean, that w- that was Avcon. It's always it's always the same experience, but it's always a good experience. Like you go there and you catch up with a lot of people who you might only see once a year or even a few times a year. And yeah, I mean, oh, like I feel like at the start we could have uh, done more. You sort of get there for the first two hours, like ah. Uh, Alright, what do I do <laughs> before you actually do anything? But. Yeah, I feel that. Um, especially especially as media coverage, I guess. The first thing we do when we go to Avcon is we go on the Friday to talk to a bunch of people. So it's fairly straightforward. But once you hit the Saturday, you're kind of like, what do we check out first? There's there's the stalls, there's Artist Alley, there's Retrospect, there's uh, you know the Indie Games Room, there's the competitions and... Uh, there's the panels and it's all sort of just like which do you pick first to go to especially when like some of those things have scheduled times like the competitions and the panels uh, so like you really want to catch all of them so you've got to organise your time really well um, if you if you ever end up at Avcon being something that has like uh, such a huge variety of activities to do the best thing you can do really before you go in there is plan yourself out get that booklet uh, circle what you want to do at what times, make sure nothing conflicts, and then off you go. Yeah, pretty much the opposite of what we did. We didn't have a booklet until halfway like, through the first day. We just found someone else's who <laughs> left it on a table. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, because uh, uh, as as media, we were given our passes. Uh, we went and had the interviews, and then after that, we didn't really have to go to the front desk again, so we never really picked up a guide. Um, but I feel like, for, for us at least, half the experience is just seeing what's going on um, uh, just in the actual room-wise, you know, with the indie games and all that, um, rather than having to shoot for panels or, you know, anime screenings if you really want to go do that or, yeah. So, we spent a fair bit of time at the Nintendo booth, Bryce. Uh, you probably hogged too much of a Super Smash Bros from all the little kids trying to have a go for the very first time. You did too. Yeah, I know I did. So, <laughs> um, so that was a lot of fun, and uh, we got the My Nintendo rewards for checking in with our QR codes. Uh, that was fun. I missed out on a towel. There was like a, a cool little red uh, hand towel you could have uh, potentially uh, got, but I ended up getting um, what was that little? Uh, what were they called? Sock pocket? No, pocket slots for your phone. Uh, what? No, what they called? Bryce, save me here. Pop socket? Pop sockets, yes. You got some I got a pop socket, which I don't really want or use, but I really wanted that towel so I can dry my hands after having a big intense uh, gaming session and they're just full of sweat. <laughs> That's what I really needed, you know. Finally finished a real hard level in Super Mario Maker and I could just uh, get all the sweat off. But yeah, I enjoyed the Nintendo booth. The indie games uh, bit was a lot of fun as always. Saw some interesting games in there and you know, those three interviews we had on this show which you would have heard. Uh, Retrospect was a lot of fun. Always going in there and checking out the Virtual Boy, and I actually got to play with the uh, the Famicom uh, Mini. That was a you know Japan exclusive, obviously yep. released, and that was fun. Like the controllers are obviously wide to the to the unit, and the controllers are so small because since they actually lock on to the actual console itself, they have to be smaller to do so. Yeah. So they're even smaller than a Joy-Con, but they're still more comfortable than a Joy-Con because it's got a D-pad at least for like. Uh, the 2D games and I got to play my Taiko Drum Master on the PS2 always enjoy going to play that I really want it on Switch but I just can't bring myself to import that drum that's uh, that's, yeah, that makes me sad <laughs> and 
And as far as far as the shops go, like we, there's just lots of um. It's, it used to be like sort of 50-50. You could go and buy video game stuff, and you could go and buy anime stuff. Now it's all very much anime manga. Um, there's not really much video game stuff except for like a few figures, but even then, it's mainly anime. So, um, and I really like anime, but I haven't really gotten into it in a long time since since oh, not long after high school. Probably I stopped watching it. Yep. Um, not because I don't like it or anything, just because that's what happened. Uh, but yeah, great year. Um, yeah, really, really busy for us. Just from Friday, you know, even till even to now. Like this is uh, currently being recorded on the way back from Adelaide on Monday night. So it's the same night that my podcast, The Drew Story, and the Patreon launched. So there's a lot of work that went into that this weekend as well. On top of everything, so that was a lot of fun. I guess I might as well take this time too to thank everybody that's uh, either you know subscribed to a Drew story or checked out the Patreon or whatever. Like it means a lot, uh, well, to the two of us that you know you take the time to have a look at it because you know there's lots of content out there on the internet to look at, and but the fact you spent it uh, listening to this or whatever means a lot to both of us. So thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, we uh, we spent most of the weekend trying to pack it up as much as possible and get it all ready to go. Obviously, you had a bigger workload than I did. Um, I I worked on the Cracking Furphy stuff and you worked on the Drew Story stuff. Um, yeah, you went and had an interview with another person over on the sun on the Sunday and uh, got another episode lined up in the back ready to go um, on, I believe... Saturday night? No, Friday night. It had to have been Friday night. We recorded the first episode of Cracking Furfies uh, with Dan. Um, so Dan joins us for that one. Uh, Dan will not be uh, on every episode, in case you are misinformed on that one. It'll just be me and Drew for Cracking Furfies. Uh, and we really enjoyed having that. That, that was that was a lot of fun to record. Um, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fairly, fairly, fairly decent edit as well. It wasn't, uh, wasn't too, too problematic. Um we knew it would be fun too because uh, we've been wanting to do a podcast where we can just like let our hair, hair go and talk about whatever for a while because I know the House of Murray does get like that but we, we usually stick pretty well to our topic at hand we don't go too far off but having something like that where we can just like let's talk about uh, our dogs for example like we did on uh, the most recent episode that was a lot of fun yeah, yeah for sure um, it, it sort of lets us get the other outlets of a creative juices out once a month um, just talking about the things that we love, I guess, uh, because obviously, like with with as much love and affection we have for video games as other things, we have love and affection for as well, or complaints even, you know. So, so love, love and complaints. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's just something that we can sort of put our time in, where we just sitting around having a beer and you know talking about that type of that type of thing. Um, obviously, with the with the Patreon launch. Um, you can get into into the cracking furfies uh, for a dollar, which is a uh, you know pretty decent deal, I think. It's not too bad. I mean, you can you can get a soft serve at Hungry Jack's for uh, sixty cents. So I guess you got to weigh that up. Look, he's making a joke because I've, <laughs> that's what I've done most of the weekend. It's like after a meal, I'm like sixty cents soft serve because it just it just tops off the rest of the meal. It's like oh cool, good, easy peasy. Uh, so Drew. Anything else you want to say before I let you go? Uh, not really. Um, just thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. 
I don't know how it's going to turn out yet. Obviously, I'm still in the middle of it. I haven't edited it yet. But I hope it turns out well. I hope you enjoyed following us over the weekend. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a good weekend. I'm looking forward to going back to work to rest, to be honest. Work to rest. <laughs> go back to, the, yeah, go and rest. <laughs> don't have to go to the farm. The sheep don't want to talk to me so I can rest my talking a bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose that's fair enough. And I would also like to extend my thank you. This is obviously a very experimental project for us in general. Um, we, we've covered Av, Avcon, obviously, last year and PAX last year, but uh, this time we wanted to try and go a different route and see what you think about it. Uh, just follow us on our travels. We're nearing, we're nearing home. We're not that far off now, maybe about 45 minutes, which is like a huge sigh of relief because after a big weekend, we're just sort of like want to get back to home and chill out and sort of get back into the usual slate of things again like I've got work tomorrow I'm pretty sure you've got work tomorrow no you did there you go (laughs) so um yeah get back into the usual swing of things um do you want me to wrap this up or are you going to do it later I'll do it now man you do it now okay um keep rambling till this truck goes past then I'll do it so so I can really concentrate and not uh, get us killed by a truck okay okay fair enough Yep, well, ramble, ramble, ramble. So, ramble. who's your favourite Nintendo character price? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Oh, I don't know, Drury. There's so many of them. I don't know how I get past it. See, look, there's this truck now. Right now, look at it. Oh, it's a big beauty. Nah, it doesn't have its headlights up. Ah, oh, there we go. Ah, yeah, that's right. At least it doesn't. Okay, all right. I'll, uh, yeah, let you to it. The truck's gone past. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 106. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and also leave a review. That helps people discover the show. And, of course, we are a part of the 8-Bit Collective, 12 podcasts and 20 podcast creators coming together to put awesome audio content in your ears. And here's a new plug for you if you're, if you're interested <laughs> in uh, bonus content and supporting the House of Mario in a Drew story, head on over to www.patreon.com slash iDruby where you can check it out and see what you want to do but if you if you got no money to toss that's okay because uh, we absolutely love that you spend your time with us listening to our podcast and uh, yeah I mean that alone means the world to us so that's what matters that's what matters and Bryce uh, you can handle Nintendo Jukebox this week because you've been singing it all bloody week <laughs> and it's been really annoying for both me and Dan uh at one stage, I really could have like kicked your ass. Like I could have just like, you know, if if you were bent over a bridge, I would have just like come up and like kicked you off. Like seriously, but go ahead, put it in everyone else's ears too. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, something something sort of come up on my uh, little bit of a feed uh, this week while uh, mech- mucking around on Spotify. So uh, j- I I've been singing it on and off. And it's been stuck in their heads to the point where they will sing it on 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 command out of nowhere. They'll just uh, pop it right in their heads and they'll go. So, uh, let me find it. <laughs> you know the song. I don't know the song. But I'm just making sure I get everything right. So, Nintendo Jukebox this week is a uh, song from Starbomb called Donkey Kong Jr. And uh, if it gets stuck in your head, don't blame me. <laughs> Drew wants to put it in the jukebox. He can have it in the jukebox. I didn't suggest it. He didn't. He wants to torture you all. So that's not my fault. (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
Now I just need to find the stop button because I can't see nothing. Listen up, little monkey child, I have got some lessons for you Just a few important things that you will be required to do Carry on the Kong name, worthy of a giant statue Cause I'm getting older and I can't throw barrels like I used to Continue my legacy is now your only life's mission It's a huge responsibility, according to tradition We stole Mario's girl and he won't stop till we've died It's a dangerous situation, now how do we survive? Hi, my name, my name is Donkey Kong Yes, my name it is Donkey We'll just move on The danger's coming fast Like it is driving on the Autobahn Now climb up this ladder Before I get even madder Mario has got a hammer And there's no time left to stammer Focus up, son Time has come for you to understand The survival of our family Is solely in your hands The ravages of time Have made me too weak to stand And we're both going to die right now Unless you take command Hi, my name My name is Donkey Kong Yes, my name it is Donkey Kong <laughs> Kong. It is also my daddy's name, and he 